I'm gonna need a whole more than like one can of V8 for this episode. Oh. Because this episode has a lot going on. Just there, it's a lot of uh, people involved. A lot of people standing around <laughs> places talking and not doing a lot. Which I know, like we give them shit, but and that's a good dumb character stuff. So it's good character stuff. It's a dumb thing for me to say that this episode is a lot of people standing around places talking because that's all any TV show is, really. <laughs> hey, hi, hello, everyone, and welcome to Afterbite. It's a Vampire Diaries fan cast. Only ten years too late. This week we're talking about. Season 4, episode 18, American Gothic. Now, do you remember last week when I said this episode is American Gothic in the same way that one painting of the guy with the pitchfork is American Gothic? Yeah. <laughs> was I right or was I fucking right? <laughs> yeah. As in, like, it's it's barely that at all. It's, it's barely American Gothic. I swear to God they called it American Gothic because... It was in fucking Pennsylvania. Like, it was in a little <laughs> town. And that's why they're like, American Gothic. <laughs> but it's the most surface level reading of a small town because they don't have time to, you know, talk about small town shit. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I get what I you're saying. But isn't the thing that gets me is Mystic Falls is already a small town, yes? Mystic Falls is already a fairly small town. You're correct. So why make this like reference if you're not going to lean hard into it? Why make this your American Gothic when you can make yourself your everything else American Gothic? I just I think that's fucking bonkers. <laughs> it's a very surface level reading of both <laughs> Of both, like, mid-Americana themes and gothic themes. That's what yeah. I'll say. Um, <laughs> the Netflix description for this episode is, Elena and Rebecca search for Catherine and find themselves in a Pennsylvania town where Elena has a surprising encounter with an old acquaintance. We get two very beloved characters return this week. Yeah. Which I'm jazzed about honestly it's fun we we get Catherine back obviously because the whole episode's about her and elijah's back he's the old acquaintance and his hair looks really good this time <laughs> can i just say his hair leveled up so much since the last time we saw him i'm gonna be honest okay yeah i really don't pay attention to how guys hair looks I don't either, but Elijah's hair was so bad the first time we met him that anytime his hair looks good, I'm like, yeah, baby. <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't notice if it was just like middle of the line fine every time, but we've had some low lows <laughs> and this comparatively is a pretty high high. <laughs> Elaine and Rebecca are on a road trip and I don't think it's going well uh, because they step out in this small little Pennsylvania town. Um... Where they're just like bickering, and Elena's like, "I need a drink because I hate the sound of your voice." <laughs> uh, which, so true, Queen. I love them being frenemies. Oh my god, they're so it's fun. So fun. This episode is so fun because it's just like girl power. Let's go, Queens. <laughs> <laughs> the 
we're gonna get to it, but the one scene between Elena, Rebecca, and Catherine, like they are dominating that scene, all right? It's it's just like you can tell that Claire was having fun and Nina was feeling herself, and you were like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I wanted from this show. Yeah. So Elena goes to feed on somebody and the girl and the woman that she chooses is like, wait, Catherine, can you not do my neck? Can you bite from my wrist? You know, everybody else, everybody else prefers the neck, but we agreed on the wrist for me. Right. And they're both just like, hold up. What? (laughs) (laughs) And they have this fun back and forth where like Rebecca is asking questions to this woman and the woman is like, I'm sorry, I don't know a Catherine. Do I know you? And then Elena asks the same question and she's like, oh yeah, absolutely, Catherine. And I love this. This is, I think, the most clever use of doppelgangerism we've seen. Yeah. Honestly. Because like, this is so fucking clever. It's like, who else in the world looks exactly like you? If you're anybody other than a doppelganger, then you're good. Nobody else looks like you. But if you're a doppelganger, there is one flaw with this plan. It feels like very much a oh, we're in a sitcom and this is a this is me my me and my twin and like now we're in this problem because me and my twin look exactly the same. Exactly. This is your wacky Wednesday moment. This is your sitcom wacky Wednesday. But I also love it because it's somewhat interesting with compulsion is that they all chose her appearance to focus on. Not like her voice or anything. It's all appearance based. Yeah. So it's all like, you don't talk to me unless I'm standing in front of you kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's it's just an interesting way that compulsion works um, that we see here. And I just, I love this. I just, I think this is so stupid and fun and neat, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just very fun. Stefan is playing roadside AAA assistance for Damon. Because the girls ditched his car. (laughs) And Damon carries these two gas cans that you can clearly tell they did not put anything in. Not even water. He's fucking just... It's so, it's one of my pet peeves in TV when you can clearly see that something that should have water weight in it doesn't. Yeah. And so clearly, so clearly. Isn't he just like swinging it around a little? Yeah, he's just fucking swinging it around. I don't know if you know this, but gas is pretty heavy. And while vampires are like strong, gas is still like annoyingly cumbersome. Basically... Everybody is converging on this little town, which is apparently like the creamed corn capital of Pennsylvania, which I guess is the American Gothic part of this episode. I don't get I it. I guess. Like, and the worst part is, from my memory of what American Gothic is, like the genre, is like has to do a lot with like monsters and like like creepy. Uh, yeah, for architecture me, and like yeah so like 
they could have gone deep into they're a vampire show they could have gone they're like, already deep the into monsters that. that go bump in the night like like you <laughs> guys you guys could have just gone really camp with it and you guys just did nothing with this title i'm so annoyed about it it's just so it's such a fucking baffling choice yep it's so baffling because these episode titles are sick titles. I don't just know. I just don't think this one hit the mark on what the episode actually is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. It's I don't like, know if this one. I don't know if this was it, gang. Like, like you can if you're gonna choose a cool episode title, I better be wowed by something you did in the episode. You know what I mean? Like, it better be like, oh, this is why this is the title, and it makes complete sense. This, I don't get it. I just don't. It feels very like when we were back in previous seasons and they had like every episode labeled like the because they were trying to take themselves very seriously. Oh, you mean in the beginning of this season when it was the Rager yeah. of the Five, the yeah. killer right in a row? Yeah. <laughs> or it was like season two that I think had a bunch of them where it was like the descent, the sacrifice, it's like the you return. Guys are, you guys are trying to be too serious and then you came up with a bad title that doesn't like this is like a one that it's not a bad title but it doesn't fit and you guys it were trying too hard because you didn't le- like if you're gonna try that hard with the title you gotta lean into it with the with the episode you know exactly so everybody's converging on the small town except for klaus who's back in mystic falls because if you forgot Last time, where we left Klaus, we left Klaus at a pretty dark place, actually, (laughs) Um, where he got stabbed by the white oak stake by Silas, uh, and Silas, like, broke off a part of the stake and left it in his back. And he's struggling this episode. He has his shirt off for whatever reason. The scene with him is just so gross to watch because he is attempting to get the stake the part of the stake that's left in his body out of his out of his back by like breaking his like part of his arm so that he can reach further behind his back and then his back is like covered with like blood and you can tell he's been clawing at it it's just really really gross to watch i will say very it is gory it's a lot. <laughs> and then uh, Caroline comes in and she's like, hey, what's up? You good? He's like, obviously, no, I'm not fucking good, Caroline. And then something changes. And you find out that it's not actually Caroline at all. It's Silas acting and looking like caroline okay i know this is not caroline but like we've never seen caroline like really mean you know what i mean like yeah she she just has a very bubbly personality and like even when she gets mean there's still like a tinge of like you know this is caroline yeah yeah so like the way that Candace played this was like so good to me. I was like, I would love to see more of that if that was possible. Like more of like, cause like the way she played this, Caroline truly felt like 
Silas, you know, like a very like evil, sinister yeah. vibe. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I would love to see Candace do more of this, please. Yeah, I want to see Caroline be a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do it. Come on. I know that Candace can do it. Like, please. I know she has the range. Please. Please give her the range. I'm begging you. And I love this because <sighs> Silas can be anybody. Anybody. It doesn't matter. Man, woman, doesn't matter. Evil has no gender. It's just Silas. <laughs> and I think this is such a fucking cool... This is such a fucking cool thing to do. Number one, because you know the cast had to be having some fun with it, right? Yeah. Like, they had to have some fun there. Because I would love to play, like, the good, bubbly, happy one and then also get to break bad for a little bit. Yeah. It's so much fun. And it's also so fun because, I think Brian mentioned this last time he was on, the fandom, like, the fandom had no idea who they casted to be Silas. So you don't know what Silas's face looks like. Right. We don't. He could literally be anyone. He could be anyone. And And I just love it. It it. it feels like very like uh, reminiscent of, uh, you know, Alaric and Klaus from like two Uh seasons ago, I think. Yeah. Um, or not, I wouldn't say it's as good as, like, Klaus taking on Tyler's body, because that, like, literally happened for, like, a second, and it didn't really feel like there were a lot of stakes involved. Um, but this show Mm. loves to play with who you're, who you're looking at might not be who really is, you know, the character, like, the character that you're, you're, who's, like, speaking or doing anything might actually be someone else on screen this like or someone else in the story like it it loves to play that trick because it does it all the time with like in early seasons with elena and Catherine too um we're like oh is this elena or is this Catherine? you don't know we'll find out and this episode also plays with elena and Catherine in a very very fun way yeah (laughs) yeah so um Klaus is just suffering this episode. That's his whole deal. Um, As I think is well, he's well overdue for a suffer sesh, you know? Yeah. He's well overdue. So Elaine and Rebecca go to like the post office of this town because this is is apparently the only way they know how to find Catherine. They're like, hey, do I have any mail today? And he's like, did you change your hair in the two minutes since I've seen you? Not even two minutes. (laughs) Elaine is like, Oh shit! It was like, it wasn't it like two seconds or was it two minutes? It was two minutes. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, I love how you know in the early seasons it was like, oh, this is Catherine because she has this like curly hair and now and Elena has like you know good girl straight, straight hair. hair. Um, and now they're like, oh, something's a little off. You have dyed here now, but, like, I'm not going to question it that much. Yeah, I love that this whole town is like, I mean, fuck it, I guess. You know? <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. 
fuck it. Um, and so they try and go. Uh, Lane and Rebecca kind of like split up to try and find Catherine because she's still probably around here anyway. Um, and uh, Elena gets uh, knocked around by Catherine a bit. And then Catherine gets knocked around by Rebecca because, hey, in case you forgot, and I feel like we forget this a lot, Rebecca is an original vampire. She will kick your ass any day of the week. That's why this is so fun because it's like Elena versus Catherine. And, you know, Catherine clearly is older vampire, so much stronger. But then it's like, oh, no, wild card. Rebecca is also here. So now you you are now like being be, being bossed around instead of being the one bossing people around um which is fun exactly it's a fun so, dynamic so they go to the diner in town and it's rebecca sitting right next to Catherine, and then elena sitting across the table and Catherine's like what the fuck is wrong with you elena what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and she realizes that Elena has turned off all her emotions. Um, and I like what Catherine says here. Uh, she says, uh, so sad for the boys, though. Their special snowflake of human frailty. Gone. <laughs> yep. This, which, I'm like, not- what a phrase. She's right. And this episode She's right. just like is like a continuation of that storyline of being like the boys are like, Elena, we know what's best for you. And Elena's like, actually you don't. Please stop trying to boss me around. I mean, they really put hit the nail on the head at the end, end of this episode, but like Catherine's a hundred percent right. Elena does is like this like kind of like I guess token of humanity for the boys yeah but like and that's literally all they see her as um which is a choice you know it's certainly like a decision that the writers of TVD made <laughs> and unfortunately continue to make um so so elena and Catherine have this like interesting back and forth yeah which like it's almost sometimes you almost forget that it's nina dobrev talking at herself no really she's so good at this she's so because even Catherine's like voice sounds different yeah. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a little, like, more, like, raspy or a little deeper. Yeah, it does. Than Elena's voice does. And I think it's just so fascinating that... Just... It's so good. Nina Dobrev, you're so powerful. <laughs> like, because I guess the best way to put this is, like... When you when you are like an actor or whatever, and like you're taking on a role or whatever, some actors I feel like, especially when they get typecasted, 
they just like all the characters are the same you know Mm -hmm. like same face different names same same personality different names you know but like what what nina has been able to do here is like create like two and this is like the third this is like a second version of elena mind you yeah she's managed this is a whole new version of elena yeah she's managed to make Three, like, even though Elena is not a separate character, her new version of herself is a separate character. She's managed to make three separate characters on the same show. Like, that's so, like, that's genius, you know? And, like, for you to be able to tell the difference between who's who, like, you know, they have the hair thing as like a marker so you don't forget but like yeah it's clear that they're different people it's not like it's one person who's like talking the same and acting the same um, just wearing a red jacket this time instead of a blue one yeah Yeah. it's like a whole different person yeah and that's really good like i can't stress enough how good much of like good acting that is because like some people cannot do that at all they'll like plays the same character over and over again and it gets a little boring you know but nina dobrev is too powerful for that too powerful like she's she's so good (laughs) and like uh it makes sense that like i mean i don't i don't know like how like the casting process worked like if they knew Catherine was going to exist like beforehand but like thank god they got her they definitely did because she was in the first season okay um no, I mean, like, I don't know if she auditioned with that in mind. You know what I mean? Um, Her audition story, she talked about it on, I think she talked about it on the Candace and Kayla podcast. Oh, she did? I think so. I wish Brian was here because he probably knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she did talk about it. I don't know if she... Yeah, it's season two, episode one of the... Uh, directionally challenged podcast okay well maybe i'll go Um, back and like look at that and then we can come and talk about it at another point um but yeah no like her ability to like just switch into like these vastly different characters and like play them so well um especially like not only is she playing the characters off of herself, but she's also playing them off of Rebecca in the scene as well. Because they they do, in a way, kind of act a little bit different with Rebecca, you know? Yeah. Like, they have this, like, they have this diner scene where it's, where it's all three of them in the, in, the, in the booth. But then there's also a scene where Rebecca's interacting with Catherine by herself. And then in the beginning where Rebecca's interacting with Elena by herself. Now, those are kind of different interactions as well because, like, uh, Rebecca kind of, like, with, uh, with Elena has, like, way more, like, I guess, quote-unquote friendly tones. Like, they're on more of, like, they're still frenemies, but they're more, like, on a friendly basis. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, with with Catherine, she doesn't care at all about Catherine. And it's, like, Catherine is, is literally only, like, trying to get from under her nose. Um, so that also just, like, I feel like reemphasizes how well Nina is doing this. So powerful. Just so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I love I, their diner booth scene, though. It's, like, I think one of my favorites. Yeah, so we got half of it now and then half of it later. Um, <laughs> because uh, Rebecca searches Catherine pocket, Catherine's pockets, finds that she doesn't have the cure on her, obviously. Um, but she does find Catherine's phone, which she hands to Elena. Elena, like, looks through it a little bit, and she's like, who's M? And when when we say that, we mean E-M is the word. Yeah. M. Not just, like, the letter M. Um, <laughs> and Catherine's like, oh, it's just a friend. And Elena's like, oh, I mean, it says you're meeting here at two. Guess I'll have to go meet him, meet M myself. And thus begins my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Um, we're going to cut back real quick, though, to Klaus's, uh, the Michelson mansion in Mystic Falls, where the real Caroline comes in, and she's like, I got your 50 bajillion messages, can you stop fucking calling me? Like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) And she also says the word, she says the phrase here, I'm supposed to be running three different prom committees right now. Just like chef's kiss. Hey, remember that Caroline's that bitch? Yeah, she's that I bitch. Love, I love you, Caroline. Like, not only does it not make sense that there are three problems going around and that she's in charge of them, but yeah, no, Caroline would do that. Because, like, it's <laughs> yeah. Caroline. Uh, it's so funny, because, you know, prom happens once a year. So like, There's I'm usually just mad- one large prom committee to run it yeah. and then maybe subcommittees but usually just one committee in my head i'm imagine imagining that it's not only that she's on like three different because when i heard prom committees i was like oh but there's one prop committee so she like she has she volunteered at different schools because they <laughs> couldn't like <laughs> because they couldn't their prom committee just couldn't get it together and she felt bad for them so then she was like okay i'll help you guys out you know like I have a lot on my plate, but I would be willing to help you guys out for a small fee. You know, I feel like that's something Caroline would do. Klaus doesn't trust her at first that she's not Silas. And then after he does trust her, um, she's like, well, I don't necessarily want to help you because you ran Tyler out of town. You killed his mom and you think I'm the person to call for help. But she's right. She's correct. And they really, like, address this very directly this episode. Yeah. They're really just like, we're going to tie this shit off, guys. Today, one way or another, we're ending this (laughs) storyline. She's doing the bloody work of, like, getting the stake out of his heart. Which, yikes. Yeah. Damon and Stefan get to Willoughby. Pennsylvania. The town is called fucking Willoughby. (laughs) I hate this show so much. So, Damon and Stefan have this, like, conversation about, like, well, what are you gonna do if Elena doesn't want to take the cure? Damon's like, well, we're gonna make her fucking take it uh, because she's very close to going off the rails. To which I say, when have either of the Salvatore brothers been good at staying on rails. (laughs) 
they haven't been is the answer. Um, and so Stefan's like, well, what happened to the guy that thought Elena should embrace being a vampire, letting the chips fall where they may? Damon's like, that guy got his neck snapped in New York. Hey, hey, Damon, you were kind of a dick before you got your neck snapped, bud. Hey, yeah. bud. Yeah. It's like. A little, they're, they're, they're being a lot annoying this episode. The boys are the most annoying part of this episode. Yeah. Especially, like, Damon, with some of, some of the stuff that he says this episode is like, please shut up, sir. I literally had to open up the transcript for this episode because some of the shit he says is so annoying. Like, like, who... It's like, why are you why are you the one saying this? So we go back to the diner where Elena like comes back from the bathroom and she's like, How does my makeup look, ladies? Cause she's trying to look like Catherine. And Rebecca's like, mm, not quite slutty enough. Which, hey, do you do you remember that this was 2013, 2014, and that was like an acceptable yeah. Thing to say. Also, just reminded me way back to like two seasons or three seasons ago when they're in that when Stefan, Klaus, and um, and um, Rebecca are in that little boutique, and she's yeah. like, and she and 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 he's like, uh, he's just basically dissing his sister about how many men she slept with or something like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Of course the show would say this. They've said that in the past. Yeah, hey, remember that this show's kind of a slut-shamey mess? Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> Catherine is like, you're not going to be able to pass for me. Which you're not. Um. And Elaine's like, no, 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 just give me your jacket and, like, your shoes and your bracelet and your watch. Let's go. Um, oh, wait. And there's a Catherine, Catherine says something interesting that I want to touch on is that okay. she doesn't have a daylight ring. She has a daylight bracelet. Why the fuck is everybody else going around with rings then? Rings, I feel like, are much easier to lose than bracelets are. Yeah. I feel like bracelets make way more sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Just Maybe. fucking, like, daylight earrings. Like, it's just... I I like this because it's like, you can put a lapis in anything and spell it to do the same thing. You as long as it's on their body, rings. you're fine. Yeah. Which is... Of course they... I mean, I, I will say, you know, this show's very into gender roles, so it makes sense that the guys chose rings. You know? Yeah, you know, that is fair. It's probably much easier for a guy to pass off with a ring. Fucking, like, lapis watch band. It'd be fucking sick. Yeah, that <laughs> like, would be sick. That would be sick as fuck. Sorry. We're thinking way, too, we're thinking way harder about this than <laughs> anybody who wrote the Vampire Diaries did, so... I, I was gonna say, there's this moment where, like, Catherine tries to get up and leave. And then Rebecca's like, nope, put, brings her back and, like, stabs her hand with a fork. Yeah. I love that. I love that moment. I just needed to point it out because I love that moment. It's like, there's so many, like, small, like, character 
things. And it's that such a good moment. fuck you moment. Yeah. It's it's so it's so good. So good. It's like Captain's like, I'm gonna get out of here. Like like be my nifty little self and Rebecca's like, No, you're not. No, you're no, not. Honey. Fuck you're not. I'm in charge here. And I'm like, oh my god. Elena is going to this little like gazebo thing to meet with this mysterious M. Um, so that means Catherine and Rebecca have a little girl time at the diner. And their little girl time where they're just like talking. They're just talking, and I think Catherine says something interesting where she says to Rebecca that, like, you want a do-over. And Catherine reveals, like, the cure only takes away your immortality. Everything else you hate about yourself, you will still wake up with in the morning, and you won't be able to compel yourself a single friend. They they both just punch at each other, basically, in the scene. Yeah! Like, emotional punches. Like, Rebecca's like, oh, like, it's so sad that you're so charming you were able to, like, fool my two brothers and the Salvatore brothers, but you have to compel every single person in this town to get them to like you. And then Gatton's like, well, at least I don't want, like, a do-over, and I, I realize that my flaws will, like, go away when I turn, if I turn back into human. I'm like, damn. It's very hardcore. Yeah, it's like, you know how they say that women just like, they fight different than men? This is what they mean. When they're like, oh, yeah. I will pick at your, your biggest insecurities if I don't like you and I will point them straight out to you. I have no mercy. <laughs> I know. They really, like, do not pull any fucking punches. Yeah. However, unfortunately, Damon and Stefan appear, and Catherine's like, oh, fuck, there goes the neighborhood. (laughs) Which is so fucking funny. (laughs) So then we cut back to the little gazebo where Elena, as Catherine, is waiting for this mysterious M. And who, who else shall appear but Elijah Michelson? Hmm? And I love this. I love him. (laughs) He's back. His hair looks nice. I know you don't pay attention to it, but I do because we started from the bottom, you know, and like now his hair looks like marginally okay. So I'm a fucking celebrate. And Elijah (laughs) just kisses who he thinks is Catherine. Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, oh, man, do you have it with you? And it's like, oh, do I have what? He's just like, the cure, dumbass. <laughs> Elena tries to, like, play it off like it's in a safe place. Why don't I go and get it and I'll bring it back? But Elijah notices either the way that she kisses or her daylight ring and he's like, cut the shit. Where's Catherine? You realize that maybe we're up shit creek. <laughs> we're up shit creek without a paddle here, gang. And it's bonkers. I also love that Elijah, the honorable brother, the Michelson who keeps his word, teamed up with Catherine of all people. <laughs> so ironic isn't it 
I think it is so fun. It's such a fun, it's just a spicy little duality to like sprinkle in. It I works. love it so much. I think it works too. It's a weird pairing, but I think it it works along with um the Elijah and Elijah and Elena also worked, I think, for a similar but separate way. Yeah. This episode just makes me feel insane. <laughs> the Why? fucking Carolina Silas reveal, oh. the fucking Catherine and Elijah team up, the fucking way that she hid the cure inside a fucking fish tank filled with vervain water. There's just like I a just, lot of little tricks. Just a lot of little things makes my brain it, it's go. It's in your brain. It feels it just, like... It's, it's in my brain and it won't come out. It feels... It, <laughs> It feels like I was explaining this to my um, boss the other day because uh, I was explaining. I don't know if you ever watched a show. It's called Love Edge. But I was explaining the concept to her because it's basically like a show about con or criminals that involves a lot of conning. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it feels very much like whenever the like. In that show, whenever they do a reveal, it's like, oh, this these are the intricate details that were set up in order to make this thing happen. And now it makes sense. And you're like, yes, thank you for explaining that so deeply and well and intricately to me. And now I feel like my brain's on fire. It feels very much like that in a way where it's like all these small little things were set up and they all make sense and they're all in the right little places. And like, thank you for that. <laughs> like, thank you for the consistency and like everything like connects back to one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's also nice. I think it's it's nice that this comes in episode 418. We're into the home stretch now. I like that they're like, fuck it. Here's all the tiny details that we put in throughout the early season. All come to a head. Yeah. I especially love that they reintroduced Elijah here. I just adore. I think Elijah's such a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that we're getting him back and we're getting him with some more depth right before we go into the originals where it is very much Elijah and Klaus. Like, I love that they are... I, I-, I love that we're getting this two episodes before they spin off. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. So, fucking... Catherine and... Damon and Rebecca all go to Catherine's house to try and get... Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's, like, a little moment what? that's really funny that I have to point out that happens before all of that happens where they're in the diner... Yeah. Where they're in the diner booth and um, uh, Catherine's like, oh, um, I'm, like, I'm meeting with Elijah or whatever. He's, like, my friend. And then she's, like, kind of, like, winks and nods, you know, my friend, wink, witch, nudge, nudge. And everyone's like, oh, eh. And, like, the look on everybody's face is so funny. It's so good. I love, <laughs> like, like Rebecca does, like, a little, like, throw-up face, and it's, like, the, it's, like, so small and subtle, but so funny. <laughs> I love this show for its comedic moments, even if they're small, okay? They're so small and in-between. They're so good. It's so... 
it's such a tiny little it's such a tiny little thing that you're like yeah that's why this show's good even yeah. though it's very bad yeah it's like yeah sure like a whole bunch of this is like messed up but also this tiny little moment of like uh Catherine revealing that she's dating um rebecca's brother and then rebecca's just like oh my gosh gross you're dating my older brother <laughs> it's like yeah that should happen that's correct <laughs> And so they split up again here. So it's Rebecca and Damon and Catherine going to Catherine's house to get the cure. Stefan is going to go try and meet with Elijah to uh to get Elena to I like yeah, to kind of help Elena get out from Elijah cuz they for some reason think Elijah is the bad guy here, which this episode he's not, but they're still treating him like he is and I'm like, "What's going on here, gang?" Yeah. What's going on here? We cut back to Klaus and Caroline. And Caroline says this funny fucking line. She's like digging around in his back. And she's like, oh my God, you do have a heart. (laughs) And then she's like, my bad. Just a bloody rib. Sorry. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Klaus makes some, like, dumb joke of, like, oh, I thought we were becoming friends. And Caroline's like, no the fuck we are not. (laughs) You fucking... She's, like, pulls the pliers out of his back, and she's like, no the fuck we are not friends, because you let Tyler come back into town and give, you know, like, you ran... Sorry, you ran him out of town. If you want help, you're gonna have to let Tyler come back into town and give me your word that you won't hurt him. And that's her ultimatum. She's gonna just like sit here and kick her feet up and chill on her chill on Twitter for a while while he decides if he wants to fucking do that. Yeah. Stefan and Elijah chat for a bit. And Elijah's like, you know that my sister will fucking kill Catherine the moment that she like stops being useful, right? You know that that's going to happen, right, Stefan? And Stefan's like, nah, it's fine. (laughs) But, like, he's not wrong. He's correct. She would do that at the, like, drop of a hat. And Elijah looks at Elena for about a minute. And he's like, ah, so you've turned off your emotions, right? And Elena's like, yeah, my brother's dead. Uh, Your girlfriend killed him. You didn't know that? And Elijah's like, she lied to me. And <laughs> Elena like, responds with, like, I hate to say I told you so, but, but duh. duh. <laughs> and I'm like, so true. So true, queen. God, she is so done with their shit this episode. And Whoa, I'm like, this entire yeah. episode, Caroline and Elena are just calling out the boys on their shit. And they're like, no, I'm sorry, I can't let this slide anymore. Like, we've been through this road, like, so many times. I'm done. I'm calling you out on it. You're going to have to deal with that by yourself, okay? She's like, you know, you can fucking deal with that all you'd like. But you're you're the fucking doofus who fell for it. Yeah. And she, like... You know, like, you're the fucking schmuck here. She, like called it out like she was like are you sure you're not you're not the one being used and i'm like well yeah why are you asking yourself that elijah like come on 
I love the girls this episode. Can you tell? This episode is very girl boss of them. This yeah. is a lot of like girl power in one episode. Yeah. And but- it's, of course, as it always is, it has this like shiny veneer of like misogyny on it. Yeah. But it's there. It's like, it's there. It's like, I love the girls so much. Wish the writers would give them more time to just act out because they rightfully deserve the chance to do so, you know? Like, the the guys are always acting out. That's their main personality trait. And I just like yeah. if the girls were also able to act out in retaliation. Always. All the time. Like, then maybe I could give the show a little more credit. But it's always just the guys acting out, doing whatever. And, and then like, when the girls do it, they're like, we have to stop her. Yeah. It's like... It's no. like, no. No, you don't. No, you don't. You could leave her and let her be. And then... You just let her vibe. Like, come on. God, come on. Like, I'm thinking of, like, yeah. Like, with Catherine, they're like, we gotta, like, we gotta stop Catherine. With, uh... But, like... I'm trying to think of any other villains that were female, but they don't really do that a lot. Further further proving my point. Um let the women act out. Alright? If you're let gonna the give women me women act out. If you're gonna give me all this misogyny laced throughout this entire show, let the women <laughs> act out, alright? Wait, should that be the title of this episode? Oh, that's definitely going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> should it be? No, probably not. But will it be? <laughs> yeah. Yay. I feel like I don't know what I would name these episodes if I didn't name them the stupid things that we say. They're you know? so boring otherwise. Like, like, what would our episode titles be? Just, like, the name of the episode? Boo. That's lame. Boring, Boo. not fun. You know, this is this is Girl Power 101 with mm-hmm. your professors, Rebecca Michelson, Elena Gilbert, Catherine Pierce, and also whoever this other one lady is. Yeah. And the redhead se- who has Catherine's secret. <laughs> 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 Whatever her name is, she's also got girl power, honey. And, Fucking and cheers to you, sweetheart. And we're saying, let the girls act out. They're saying, let the girls act out. And we're we're behind them 100%. They're, let, let them the cause havoc. Out. Let them cause havoc. Let them be annoying a little bit. Let them cause problems. I'm okay with it. It's a, let it, them <laughs> cause so many problems. Catherine makes a ploy like she no longer has the cure because it's no longer in the safe that she opens. And Catherine... Uh, has hidden it like in plain sight in a ver- in a tank filled with vervain, in, like a fish tank filled with vervain, uh, which for some reason has a water filter going. But I feel like you <laughs> wouldn't want it to be filtering the vervain if you wanted it filled with this plant, right? Yeah. <laughs> Right? Am I wrong yeah. with that? No, Am I wrong right. that this is a weird place to have a water filter? No, you're right. But also, like, in this moment, David says something along the lines of, 
um, we don't think this is your actual house, and that that's it's not in the safe because like, and she was like, you don't maybe you don't know the real Catherine, and Damon's like, well, we're, you're not that deep, and I was like, um, Damon, Damon, you're the king of not being deep. T calling the kettle black, <laughs> Damon. Hey, Damon. Should you be the person saying this right now? I don't think so, actually. It's so funny that they still are trying to convince us that Damon has, like, hashtag depth. Yeah. You know? Because, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't. He does not. That's that's a lie you've implanted in my brain to try to trick me. But I saw it. I saw it for what it was. You're not going to trick me. I know what's going on. You're just bad at writing men. Right? Well, no, I'm they're giving, very good I, at writing men, though, no, is the thing. Actually, the other men no, are interesting. You have, yeah, actually, no, you're just bad at writing a, a char- this character for some reason. Because you have other villains so in the bad. show. He just sucks so bad. that he's badly written. He just sucks so much. There's someone who's responsible for his character. Like, the way he acts. Yeah, Julie Pleck. And, uh, but she also made Klaus, so I'm confused. Yeah, well... <laughs> All I'm saying is that um, maybe look into why this is the type of relationship you've decided to highlight on this show. Maybe look in within yourself and think, why did I decide to give this relationship with all these toxic traits front and center stage on my show? Um, And examine that about yourself. You know? Yeah, can you maybe look inside, look at yourself first? Look at yourself, analyze what you need to go through. Maybe talk to it with the therapist. And, and <laughs> maybe go and, to therapy. And and then you're able to like write whatever you want to write, you know, in your free time and like sell it to the CW. But like I feel like you should do that before you hand me all your problems. And then I have to <laughs> consume it, you know? Any single one of the male characters on the originals is like a problematic fave of mine. Right. I don't think I have a problematic fave in TVD because all the problematic men suck ass. <laughs> yeah. You and know? I, I would like to point out, it's not bad to have a problematic fave, you know? It's like, not. Klaus is my problematic fave and I will admit that. Yeah. It is intensely it's, problematic. But you have to, in order to, I feel like in order to meet the bar for problematic fave, there has to be something worthwhile about them that makes you be like oh yeah they like they like commit a lot of like problems and like in this show and and there's kind of like a villain here but like these are the specific reasons why i will continue to support you you know it might be that you're super hot and i'm gonna let you get away with that for that it might be (laughs) that it might be that you're well written and i'm like oh redemption arc perhaps but it has to be something. And if you're giving me nothing other than, oh, this person is highly problematic and an annoyance to everyone except the uh, the main audience of the show for some reason, why am I the only person seeing this problem? Then that's not going to be my problematic fave. Sorry. Yeah, like, Klaus is my problematic fave. And to an extent, I do like Elijah as well, which... Some folks really don't, which I get, but like, man, 
He's my problematic fave. You've made a good problematic fave. Damon, I feel like, can't be a good problematic fave because he hasn't done anything fave-worthy. Yeah, he's, he's just, just problematic. Yeah, he's just annoying. He does get his head dunked in a fucking tank of vervain, though, which I find <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I love how they decided that Rebecca was going to search upstairs and Damon would be able to handle Catherine. When one, she's older <laughs> than him, so she's definitely stronger than him in the situation, in the scenario. So, like, yeah, why was she, why was Rebecca upstairs? Why was she not in charge of Catherine as it should have been? You know what I mean? Yeah, because you know, I mean, it had to happen for the next thing to happen, of course. You know, but it's also, a, a man, a man thinks he can handle it. <laughs> And he can't. That's so Damon. <laughs> That's so Damon, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, I can handle it. I'm the man of the situation. I can handle it. It's fine. It's fine. That's my man's voice, by the way. <laughs> so Catherine dunks Damon's head in the vervain tank and then grabs out the fucking little, like, cure thing and then starts to run out the door, but Rebecca fucking grabs it and takes the cure. And then passes out. (laughs) And Klaus and Caroline have their have their scene. And oh my god. Oh my god. (sighs) Caroline has Caroline's the only motherfucker in this town with logic. Yep. Yep. And Klaus is like <sighs> Caroline is not fucking getting this thing out of his back. And she's like, oh man, you want to be friends? Like, friendship stage one. Show me that I can trust you. And Klaus is like, I've saved your life twice. <laughs> and she's like, you put it in danger twice. <laughs> Why can't you do something decent for once? Klaus is like, well, Tyler Lockwood tried to kill me. And Carolyn's like, we've all tried to kill you, you dumb <laughs> that, motherfucker. That line, that line, I was just like, Carolyn makes so much sense, though. I was like, wait, and then yeah, she goes she's on, right. and she's like, She's like, and you've tried to kill most of us. How do you think that you deserve my friendship when you've done nothing to earn it? And I'm like, Whoa. Someone just And then just, fucking this whole scene is insane. This scene drives me insane. She's spinning bars right now. <laughs> and then Klaus yells back and he's like, I won't have my hand forced by you or anyone else. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> she's like, I'm reaching out to you despite everything that you've done, and you still can't get out of your own way. I feel so fucking sorry for you. <laughs> and Klaus oh. is like, he like fucking puts himself between her and the door and he's like, don't turn your back on me. And then she fucking yells, I should have turned my back on you ages ago. Oh, this, this back and forth makes me feel insane. This back Going and forth. feral at the moment. Going feral. Don't talk to me for three to five business days. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, Just oh my god. Oh I, my god. Like, um, how do I put this into words? 
like the way this scene just like there's so many good things you know this scene is number one very well written um i will say uh jose molina and evan blois bell bell weiss beal fucking fantastically written so good shout out to those two for so good this entire this... episode is pretty well written honestly yeah it, it actually really is chef's kiss so to good. both joseph morgan and candace oh my god i i love you both so much thank you for this gift <laughs> This this scene is just so good, but it's also so, like, it cuts to the core of Klaus. Yeah. It really, really does. Like, in this and moment- And that's, I think, you, why I love this so much. In this moment, you truly understand Klaus and, like, his problems, you know? And, yeah. and like, what motivates his character as well is just- yeah chef's kiss so good like writing was great acting was great character stuff was great like i would if i needed to feel something i would just turn on this scene and be like all right great got my wits about me again you know (laughs) it's so good because Number one, at this point in the show, you, the viewer, are also pretty fucking frustrated with Klaus. Right? Like, I'm also sick of this man's shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that somebody is finally like, no, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I love that it's Caroline as well. Because... I love that it's Caroline. For so... Like, Caroline's the perfect person to do this because, like, for so long he's been, like, vying for her attention. Um, but also, it makes sense that Caroline's the one to do this because she is, like, out of all the characters on this show, I think she's the one with the most clarity about everything that's going on, you know? Like, in the, in the sense that I feel like everyone else kind of has a motive with everything that they're doing. And not to say that Caroline doesn't, but, like, she also has, like, the clarity of understanding what's really going on like what's really underlying everything in a sense in in a way like she's also she's always very aware of people's emotions and like where they are in a space you know so like it just makes sense that she's the one to call him out so clearly on his shit and be like i'm done like i'm done walking on eggshells around you i'm just gonna tell you how it is because i'm over this i'm over it right now and after this emotional build-up them fucking just like yelling and getting it all out klaus is like the pain is gone and he's like it was actually never there Silas got into my head. And Caroline has, I think, this bad realization where (laughs) she's like, if Silas can make you, you, of all people, believe that you're dying, 
what can he do to the rest of us? And you're like, holy shit. Correct. What can he do to the rest of you? <laughs> like, I, I will say, I, I had a feeling that the stake was just, like, not there. And it was not, like, all in his head from, like, the beginning. Um, because, you know, that makes sense. Um, but, like, the, the, um, the act of, like, making it so clear, the, like, the dire situation, like, the actual, <laughs> no pun intended, stakes of, like, Silas mm-hmm. being alive and, like, being able to, like, get into Klaus's head is, oh, that's a lot they're going to have to deal with, you know? I also love that... I love that they, but what I do love is that they didn't let us, the audience, know that at all. Yeah. They showed us the stake being broken off in Klaus's back, and then that was it. And then they showed us him in pain, and we just, like, were like, okay, yeah, this makes sense, let's go. I love that they sort of have made, I guess, they've showed that the show is not a reliable narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something they will they'll play with later in the originals and they also do kind of do it in legacies too of like I mean depending on if you're the good guy or the bad guy it just depends on who you ask, right? So I love that they've started setting up of like the show is not necessarily a reliable narrator to events that occur. Right? We all mm-hmm. thought that the stake was still in Klaus's back. Right? Cuz that's like the logical conclusion like, to make also, here. But also Another option that exists that I didn't think about, but, like, is a total possibility, is that Silas never actually even had the stake. He literally just implanted the idea of the mind that he stabbed him with that. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if later on there'll be, like, another stake and be like, oh, like... Yeah, that's true, or the stake will always be broken off, but that's, like, totally a possibility as well, that he never even had the stake. I don't think he ever actually had the stake, because the stake, from what I remember, the stake was still... With Rebecca. No, I'm I'm just remembering the stake was still... uh, In full form? Yeah, it was in full form. When when we see it next, I think it's still in full form, so... So so it's entirely a po- so entirely a possibility that he literally got into Klaus's head and made him think that he had a run-in with Professor Creepy who was playing as Silas yeah. and stabbed him and broken like that entire thing just did not happen and that was all in his head. And I think that's that that really like heightens the fact that this show is now not really a reliable narrator because anything that happens on screen could or could not be reality. Yeah, exactly. It's just so fucking fascinating. Silas is such a fascinating bad guy. Yeah. The fun thing is too is like you know, we only got fucking four, ep- five episodes left after this. You know they're not going to be able to kill this motherfucker in four episodes. Yeah. This needs like... a whole, this needs a half season arc at least. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're not gonna be able to kill this guy so, so in my head right now i'm thinking like okay so like are they just gonna face up to him and lose like in the season finale now or are they gonna face up to him before the season finale and then have to deal with him later on like how is this working like structurally within the season i have no idea currently right now the way that the story is looking we have this like this like looming big bad silas like creeping yeah. into like b plots of the story right um but it's not a main focus right now the main focus is that cure and what they're gonna do with it so like but because of like how quickly they had rebecca take and the cure or whatever i mean we haven't gotten to the fact that the it's cure, not it's not quotes. it's not real but like the cure it's not real. it's not a real cure by so, the way so so like you know i, I knew that because they couldn't have wrapped it up that easily um but by the end of this episode we're getting to that point where like something some sort of deal or something is going to happen with this cure it's going to be negotiated with this cure right so like in my head, that ha- has to happen, like, in the next couple of episodes. Like, they can't drag this out forever, I don't think. I don't know. Well, so it's like, <laughs> they do drag it out forever. Never say never. Never say never with the <laughs> okay, Vampire Diaries. They're no, no. experts at dragging shit out well, forever. Well, then maybe I'm wrong, because in my head, I was like, uh, they're going to probably do this cure thing for the next couple of episodes and then move on to silas and that's going to go into the next season but maybe silas is truly just the last episode and they're going to get to it in the next season and this cure is just going to be we're going to be out of here for a while which which also intrigues me because i feel like that's been this entire season for me where i'm like they can't how how are they dragging this out for like the 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 next couple episodes of this arc because this arc has to continue and it's like they're like no we can continue it don't worry we got you do not worry something is going to happen someone's going to intervene and the storyline would keep going here's the thing season four is one of my favorite seasons because like truly we've had so many fucking banger episodes right yeah i think if you think about season four too hard it kind of falls apart. <laughs> As in, everything is working towards this cure. And I can't... I'm going to be honest with you right now. I know that somebody gets it eventually. Okay. But I it's, it's, I don't remember... It's kind of... I don't remember... <laughs> um, Like... I don't remember when they get it. I don't think it's at the end of season four, <laughs> if I'm going to be very honest well, with also, you. Also, it's crazy to think about how we've been talking about this cure for this entire season. Like, ever since Elena, like, yeah. got turned into a vampire before she even turned off her, her humanity. Like, we've been talking about this cure. And <laughs> we're still, we're still, like, running toward a point where we'll we'll get to see if somebody takes it or not like i think yeah it's it's kind of insane how they've gotten this to last for this entire season and it's literally just by breaking it up into like subplots into like entire arcs you know (laughs) like good season banger season but wild concept to like have a banger season on you know like I think it does say something to the Vampire Diaries like that 
they have been able to keep up this one little thing for this entire season and have banger after banger episodes, you know? I think that says something. You know, they can do a lot with a little. I love season four. Like I said, I love season four. It does kind of fall apart when, spoiler alert, I don't think anybody gets the cure at the end of this season. Nobody's cured of vampirism at the end of this season. I hate to break it to you. Um... But that shouldn't, that shouldn't uh, detract from the fact that this season is fucking full of bangers. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like somehow through like this tiny, like, because Akira is also so tiny. It's like a little thing. It's like a little vial of, of red liquid. Yeah. So, so like somehow this little vial of red liquid has like spawned some of the best episodes of the Vampire Diaries. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's like but how? Um but yeah, you guys did it. Let's go back to this episode because um Elijah says something to to Elena that I really like where Elijah says I know what it feels like to lose a brother and I'm sorry for your pain I can only hope that you find your way back to yourself someday banger line honestly yeah also I really just a fucking banger line I really respect Elijah for that because I feel like there's like a an acute difference between him and the boys where the boys are like no, it's time for you to get your humanity back now so that you can go back to normal. And Elijah's just like, you know what? You're going through a lot right now, and I understand what you're going through. And, like, you're going to have to go on your own journey by yourself to, like, finally get back to the person that you once were. And, like, there's, like, a very different... There's, like, a very obvious difference between 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 being like, oh, you're doing this now because I say so, versus, like, oh... You'll get there eventually, but let me not yeah. impede on your journey. Let me just let you get to that that on your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I think that is a fantastic way to put it, where Elijah just, like, wishes her luck on her journey and is like, anyway, later. <laughs> and then he reunites <laughs> with Catherine. Um, so. Well, I think Catherine breaks her neck, right? <laughs> Yeah, Catherine breaks uh, breaks Elena's neck. Also, Elena makes mention, I want to point this out, Elena makes mention to um, the letter that Elijah wrote to her way back in, like, I think it was in, like, season three, where he said that, like, your compassion was a gift, Elena, like, carry it with you always and forever. Um, right before he left in, like, season three, I think. Uh, and I love that... I love, number one, that they confirmed that she, like, kept that letter. I love that. I love Elena and Elijah as a team-up. I think they're just so fucking fun. Yeah, I agree. They complement each other so well. Back at Catherine's house, the cure didn't work. Elijah and Catherine kind of break up. Yeah. They kind of break up. He's like, he's like, I thought you were this different person, but you're, you are not. He's like, he's like, I want to believe that you're different, but how can I, when at every turn you give me a reason to doubt you? It's like, oof. Shit. Damn. 
I love that they set up Elijah's trust as sort of like that's his character flaw. Yeah. That's what makes him great, but that's also his greatest flaw. Yeah. He says it like, it's my disease. Like, yeah, dude. You fucking want to trust the people that you love. It's like, it's the main thing that I think in like season three that like kind of got him into a lot of trouble. Uh, Especially with Elena, if I remember correctly. Because yeah. she kind of betrayed his trust in a way. She kind of played him, I believe, yeah. I just, I love that that's like his thing. Yeah. And it sets it up very well for, that's also all he does in the originals. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> all he does is trust his family and get the shit get beat out of him because he trusts his family. Damn. So... Later that night, Catherine approaches the front door of a house and uh, the redhead girl from earlier that Elaine and Rebecca talked to uh, is there. And she's like, hey, I came to retrieve my package. Uh, And she hands Catherine a small box. Um, It's like a small sort of like pill-shaped glass container, I guess, kind of. With reddish liquid inside. And that is the cure. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic. <laughs> Catherine goes and she she gives the cure to Elijah. And she's like, balls in your court now. I love you, um, but I'm giving you... You get the chance to decide what we are now. And where we go from here. And so she gives Elijah the cure and she walks away. And wow, what a move. What a fucking power move. What a fucking power move. She's like, I I love this scene too. Um, Just because it does show a little bit of growth from Catherine. And we like barely ever get to see her now. Um, but like, you know, a little move forward in her character development and like proving she actually cares about someone, you know? Yeah. I I like, she has a line, she's like, I've spent so much time running and trying to survive that I just don't, I'm starting to believe my own lies. I don't even remember who I was when we first met and I want to find out. You're like, oh, Oh, yeah. That's some fucking growth right there. That's That's the line a person who's growing is saying. That's also like a little bit of character death um, that Damon said she was lacking. Um, She's got character death, folks. Let's give it up for character death. (laughs) Now, Damon, go get some of your own since you decided to say that line. (laughs) She also, I love, I just love that she puts the ball in Elijah's court. Yeah. And she's like, I'm trusting you. You don't owe me anything. I'm going to let you decide where we go from here. You can find me or you can walk away. It's your choice. And I love that somebody is finally giving Elijah, like, just a fucking choice. Yeah. 
and Rebecca kind of like mocks him. She's like, oh, but I thought you were the smart brother, Elijah. And he's like, you don't have a smart brother. <laughs> and I just love that, that family bickering. And Elijah and Rebecca have this like back and forth of like, why do you want to take the cure, Rebecca? Like the graphs won't always be greener on the other side. And Rebecca's like, I just want to live a fucking simple life. And when it ends, it ends. Uh, he's like, he basically says, "Why does always and forever mean nothing to you?" But I think he also says like, something about like, "Isn't our family enough?" You know. Uh, it's like, why must you always consider our family a burden? Yeah. Oh, it's like, dang, Ooh. that's a lot. Um, Rebecca then gets a call from Klaus. Uh, and Klaus is like, hey, update on a uh, update on things. And she's like, well, things have gotten complicated. Why don't you speak to one of those complications? And then she hands Elijah the phone <laughs> and he says the funniest line this whole fucking episode of complication speaking. <laughs> Why does Elijah always get these like dumb one liners that he says with a totally straight face? And they make me laugh so goddamn hard. <laughs> Why does he always get those? I just, I love him. There's a lot I think of Elijah's very witty, and nobody realizes that. <laughs> I'm sad. There's a lot of, like, small com- comedic moments in this episode that I enjoy. Um, and they're all, like, very small, like, one-liners like this one, where it's, like, it's very small and mean really nothing if in the grand scheme of things, but they give me so much joy. <laughs> And Elijah reveals that he's going to grab Rebecca and they're going to be back on their way to Mystic Falls and they will settle that like a family. Caroline leaves Michelson Manor, um, but Klaus does genuinely thank her, which I think is really big. Like, he genuinely thanks her for helping him. And then he's like, well, I'm not exactly scouring the earth for Tyler, am I? He's... Which is, I think, Klaus's way of saying he's fine. He just can't come back to Mystic Falls. I guess. I don't know. Who knows? But um, Caroline's also like, well, if you have any other problems, don't fucking call me. I have a prom to plan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you remember that they're in high school? Hey, do you remember that? Remember that they're just fucking dumb high school kids? Yeah. I love how Lena just has not been in school. <laughs> yeah, they just really have not. That's cool. Maybe they were like, she's been through a lot. Let's let her do whatever she wants. So um, we go back to the diner. And Stefan's like, I'm going to fucking leave once... Uh, once I once I give Elena her shot, once she's has the cure, I'm leaving and I'm getting a life of my own. Which like great, dude. I'm very happy for you. Just Damon fuck also off, do your own thing, you know? Damon also says I'm sorry, which is surprising. Which is weird. Yeah. Doesn't feel like something he'd do. He like and like I will say he said I'm sorry before, but this is the first time I think I think he like genuinely has meant it, you know? 
this is almost his first like genuine apology. Yeah. He like really means it this time around, which is surprising because he never means it. Because <laughs> he never does. And uh, Elena walks into the diner where the boys are. Or they walk into the diner where she is. I don't fucking remember how exactly they all come to be in this diner. Um, but they all do. <laughs> and they're sitting here. And there is one light on in the whole place above their table. And Elena's like, you all have got to just let me be my own fucking person. And they're like, fat chance. And then the poor waitress Jolene comes by. And she's like, hey, can I top that up for you? Lena's like, yeah, please, thank you. And then Elena just fucking snaps her neck. Yep. And walks away. She's like, there's more if you don't fucking leave me alone. And that's one way to get your own agency, am I right? You know what? <laughs> I think she can have a little murder as a treat. Yeah. I think she deserves if, a little... If- if they won't leave her alone, she deserves to have a little murder spree, I think. As a treat. As a treat. Like as a treat. Like honestly, it really is your guys' fault at this at this moment. Like I'm not even blaming Elena. I'm blaming you and you got you both of you and only and specifically only both of you because like Elena deserves to live her life however she wants. You know, as long as it's not harming anyone. In this in this moment, she can harm people because they won't leave her alone. But, like, you guys just, like, sure, maybe this is not the best situation for you at the moment. But, like, Elena's vibing, you know? Let her vibe. She's just vibing, yeah. Like, I don't, like see what's 100% wrong with her, like, like, especially because I'm thinking about how... Stefan and Damon both have had periods with their humanity off doing God knows what and no one told was going up to them forcing them to turn their humanity back on maybe like Lexi was there to kind of you know help them get on their path eventually but they had full-blown periods where they were just out here killing people for no good reason both of them Exactly. Elena at least has a reason behind her. You know what I mean? Like, let her be. Let her be. Oh my gosh. Just let her fucking live, dude. And that's the end of this episode. Like, that's just it. Yep. <laughs> they just end it. And, uh, yeah, gang, we're in for a fucking banger next week, too. Reminder, in case you're counting down with us to um, the backdoor pilot of the originals, uh, that's only uh, one episode away now. Yeah. It's two weeks. Dude, we're going to be getting to it very fucking soon here. I'm excited. That's going to be our first April episode. It's going to be episode 420, the originals. So um, you can kind of see, I think, how they've brought everybody back together for now. Yeah. But the originals aren't important right now. What is important, Jordan, is how you rank this episode. Scale of 1 to 10. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to rank this very highly. Um, 
I enjoyed this episode a lot. Had fun watching it. Had fun picking it apart. There are a lot of fun uh, little like tricks they pulled on us. There was a lot, a lot of fun romantic moments that they pulled on us. Um, romantic tricks that they pulled on us. There's a lot of good character stuff. All very, very good. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this gets a ten in my book. Honestly, this one gets a ten. Yeah. Okay. I Girl. Like- I like, I don't see anything wrong with it. And it was fun to watch, you know? Those are my two ca- categories for getting a 10. Is there something that was particularly bad about it? No. Everything was good. And it was fun to watch. There was a lot of stuff going on. I was, I went through a lot of emotions from like, <laughs> from like Caroline and Klaus like screaming at each other to like Catherine making like, a nice little gesture to show that she's changed a little, you know? Very good. Very good. I I do also like this episode a lot. But I don't think it was that I don't think it was a it, I don't think it was a full banger. What what do you think wasn't banger worthy? Cause, but like, here's the thing though: is now that I'm thinking about it, and you're <laughs> there's nothing not like, bigger. For it. This feels like maybe it's missing like a spark, but like it feels very much like um the one where they had like the masquerade party vibes, like similar vibes for me. And that was a 10. So I, I would like, I don't think this was as 10 as the other 10s, but it's still a 10. Does that make Like, if I were to scale the 10s, this would not be at the top of my 10s, but it's still a 10. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a. Wait, you know how, like, um, what's that? Anthony, whatever his name is, the person who does all those music reviews on YouTube, you know how he does like a soft, like a, a soft, medium, and hard? This is like a soft 10 for me. Is this a soft 10? Soft 10, hard 9, all right? This. I don't think this had enough. Well, no, maybe it did. Well, <laughs> shit. Wait, hold up now. <laughs> because. Okay, so good things this episode had going for it. Elijah's back. Yeah. I love him. His hair's nice now. Uh, girl power. Girl Very power. Very fun. Let women act out. Let women act out. Then. Screaming match. Screaming match. The the screaming match was very good. Catherine development. Uh, we got Catherine development was unexpected, but here and I'm like, hold up, wait, what? We got fun tricks. Vervain tank. Um, <laughs> little switcheroo, switcheroo with the um. This thing never really actually happened to Klaus. Damon was not that annoying. He actually said sorry and was genuine for once. Shit, is this maybe a soft 10? <laughs> is this a 
soft tent? And then Stefan says, "I'm the most annoying thing is the boys being like, I'm not going to let you have your agency. But then at the end, Elena's like, okay, well, then I'm going to go on a murder killing spree in spite of that. So then it's good. Is this a soft ten? Did you just talk me into <laughs> rating this a soft ten? It's a soft ten, I'm telling you. <laughs> I can't. Okay, no, I can't. I can't in good conscience give this a 10, even if even if it's soft as can be. This is a hard nine, though. All right. You'll, you'll give this it a, is hard a hard nine. nine. I'm giving it a soft 10, all right? You're giving it a soft 10. I I can't. I just can't. Something in your body's like preventing Something you. in my body is like, this is not a hard. This is not a. Uh, a soft 10. This is not 10. a hard 10. I'm giving it a soft 10. It's a 10 in my book. I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, I, li- I like get your resistance to give it a 10. Because I also feel like it's missing a little something. But I can't in like in my head reason why it should be given anything less than a 10. From what I was presented with. Other than like my feelings. You know? So like that's why I was like okay soft 10. Cause I I honestly don't like the pacing wasn't slow like I can't I can't give a reason to not give this a ten other than something in my brain is telling me not to but like facts are facts and this was like met all the standards to reach a ten for me at least I have to give it a nine I can't I can't I can't give it a ten as soft as it may be next week gang. Next week, next week we're gonna be watching episode four nineteen. Pictures of you. Oh, I don't know if I like that um, title. Oh wait, we didn't choose an MVP. Oh shit, we didn't choose an MVP. Who's this the MVP is, this episode? This is so hard because all the women slapped this episode. Okay. Oh, they did. They did. They did. They did. Like Elena, amazing. Catherine, you're doing great, sweetie. Rebecca, maybe not Rebecca. I don't know if she did Maybe know. not Rebecca. Um, Caroline, that scene. That scene. I feel like we have to give it to Caroline for that yeah. scene alone. <laughs> yeah, she kind of does get it for that scene alone. Are we giving it to Caroline for that one singular scene? Yeah. That that Okay, that, perfect. That awakened things in me, you know? That was just it's just too good. Yeah. And it made Klaus say thank you, which is No, Klaus incredible. said thank you, and then Damon says I'm sorry. What episode was this? Insane, insane. Next week, Pictures of You is the prom episode. <gasps> prom? Oh, this is it's gonna the get prom dicey. Episode. I feel it in my my feel but like the deepest part of me. Something I mean it's a prom episode, it's a dance episode. Something bad has to go. You know? It's a prom episode. It's like if we were watching a Miss Mr. Claus episode. Something bad has to happen. Sorry, this is the dance. Do you remember if you hear the cha-cha slide run? Yeah, exactly. It's that one. Calling it back to... uh... One of my favorite titles we've ever done. Just so... Such a good title. So good. Such a good title. But that's next week, y'all. Until then, uh, you can find us on Twitter at AfterBitePod. Uh, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's very nice and very helpful. 
uh, we do love that. Also, like, let us know. We're going to be kind of feeling out how we want to watch the originals and TVD yeah. at the same time, starting soon, because uh, backdoor pilot, and then, you know, we got to get into the I next think, season somehow. I uh, think so I might we'll do a be, poll on Twitter. Yeah, so we'll be so doing some know, polls over there. on our Twitter account, so head over there to vote, um, because I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Until next time, y'all, stay inside, stay safe, wash your fucking hands, and give me ideas for a new outro. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I feel like I've had this for, like, a me year. Too. So, give us ideas for like new outros. New We've been doing this since the pandemic.